Welcome to Mind in a Bind. Take a breather, turn around certain ideas and brighten up your mundane life with a fresh outlook. Listen on and tune in to the Takeaways from Life by Anita S.J. Kalpavruksha, the wish-fulfilling tree. I am sure you have heard of the wish-fulfilling tree, the Kalpavruksha. As per the mythological story, this tree is one of the nine jewels that were churned out of the sea during Samudra Manthana by the gods and the demons. And as the name suggests, it works like a magic wand in one's life. Here is one of the versions of how it can work. A hungry, thirsty, tired traveler happens to come near this tree and wishes for food and water. Out of nowhere, food and water materialize in front of him. And obviously, after these needs taken care of, he falls asleep under the shade of the tree. Since he was already tired, perhaps it was easy for the tree to grant him few hours of restful sleep. When he wakes up, it is dark and he wonders, what if a tiger finds him here? And, and, ta-da! The tiger appears and devours him. Now, did he wish for this to happen? No, absolutely not. But he thought of it, right? Not just that, he must have imagined it happening. Must have thought of every gory detail happening to him. Did he expect this? No. But after all, what one seeks, one finds, right? Didn't he look for the tiger in the first place? Don't we all look for such tigers out of fear? Anyway, the tree is only symbolical, like the wish-fulfilling genie granting all our wishes from within us. It shows the process in which all our reality is created, again created by us. Aren't we at the helm? Clearly, yes. Warning, the only thing more difficult than what you can't control is what you can. Let us try and look closely at how we operate and how we confuse this wish-fulfilling genie. A birthday boy, when told he will be granted three wishes on a condition that the wishes once granted will be irreversible, he tries his best to use them carefully. We are like those lucky children who have been granted unlimited wishes, keeping us busy drawing out a long list to be fulfilled, but at the same time leaving us so engrossed that we ignore the asterisk mark that says conditions apply. We ignore the warning, wishes once granted will be irreversible. We are unhappy as we have not matured enough to use them carefully. We keep asking for things. They're not happy with what we have got. We try creating a wish that negates the earlier wish. Right from our childhood, we have been taught to use resources carefully. 
So now let us learn to use these wishes thoughtfully. Since wishes are unlimited, we use them carelessly in the process spending ourselves. If you need more clarity on how we spend ourselves, let's look at it more closely. Someone has said to begin now what is worth beginning at all is productive. To mean working towards a goal with a belief that you can achieve it is productivity. If this is so, then even beginning to work on something you do not believe will take shape is unproductive. To be productive all the time you have to believe in what you are doing or else you will end up spending yourself. Doing anything against your conscious or latent will is spending yourself. You have the power to use your will to create your reality. If you are using your wish, your will for something you do not believe in, aren't you spending yourself? Well, it is easier to draw out the moral out of the Kalpavriksha story. Don't let fear lead your thoughts and imagination, but there is another lesson to learn. So, what is then the moral of the wish-fulfilling tree story? The moral that tells us what to do rather than what not to do. Let us see what it teaches us to do. All the religions in this world with so many followers believe in the power of prayers. There is hardly anyone in this world who never in his lifetime has murmured a silent prayer. To pray means to wish or hope strongly for a particular outcome or situation. Prayer is that which is prayed for. A prayer is generally understood as thinking aloud or a silent murmur uttered assuming God is the listener. Given that this all-pervasive God is listening to all your thoughts, now clearly we are thinking to mean praying all the time. Doesn't it prove that all our thoughts are prayers? If we make a note of all that we have thought in a day, observe these notes, at the end of the day we would want 80% of our thoughts not to be considered as prayers, as most of our thoughts are negative. But if the listener, God, can listen to all the inaudible murmurs of your mind, that which you call prayers, then he can listen to all that you are thinking. You pray because you believe him to be answering your prayers, then you have to believe he will answer all your prayers or thoughts. Or is there some understanding that only the edited thoughts are presented to him as the revised final copy of our prayers? Fortunately or unfortunately, 
no every thought is a prayer and if every thought is a prayer then we are praying all the time thought is that powerful tool which we can use with our own free will and we ought to take responsibility for whatever we are today if you ask for something in prayer and expect it to be granted then also remember to mind all your thoughts mend them in a way that they are directed only towards what you intend to create all of our thoughts are like wishes that are queued up to be granted give every thought a second thought train yourself to a habit of thinking such thoughts that are approved as the final prayer thank you for listening hope you enjoyed i am happier today share the thoughts subscribe so that you don't miss on our upcoming episodes